2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 1 to 10, on page 1160. Now we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Meanwhile we groan, longing to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling. Because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. For while we in this tent, we groan in our burdens because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Now it is God who has made us for this very purpose and has given us the spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. We live by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So we make it our goal to please him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. For we must all prepare before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due to him. For the things done while in the body, whether good or bad, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Sue. Let's just say a quick prayer. Uh, We've prayed already, Lord, that you would help us by your Holy Spirit. We pray that specifically now as we look at the Bible that we might uh, know you better, that we might understand what it is to follow you better. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know whether you noticed the word home a few times in what uh, Sue read to us. What do you think of when you think of home? Where do you think of? Where, Where do you feel truly at home? There's obviously an obvious everyday meaning. It's the place that we live at the moment. Uh, the, the flat, the house, I'm going home now to wherever. But other times we mean more than that, don't we? We mean, I don't know, I'm going home to the place that I come from. Um, I'm going home to see family, to see friends um, somewhere far away. I can't wait. I'm going home to where I really belong, where I really feel myself. I know whether it's Barbados or Nigeria or Kenya or... Uh, Greece or uh, Grenada or there are so many places that we as a congregation have ties, Malaysia, um, we've got Ireland, we've got, we're a, we're a multicultural congregation, we've got places all, and maybe it's when you go there that you just think, oh that's home, that's where I really fit in, that's where I really, well, well that makes me just remember just great times, those family holidays we had growing up, where we were just all so relaxed, where we were all just, just able to be ourselves. Well, home is used both ways in our Bible reading. It's, it's used both of the sort of everyday way, where we live at the moment, and in verse 1 it describes where we live at the moment as an earthly tent, um, something temporary that um, is, is all right for the moment, but it won't last. And it means, verse 6, our bodies. There are homes while we live here in this present age on earth. But Jesus' followers are looking forward, verse 1, to a permanent home, a building from God, 
an eternal house in heaven not built by human hands, which sounds really good. And we'll come back to that in a minute. Now what we're reading, we're starting uh, three weeks uh, looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, this chapter, um, uh, because the title for our summer series, Ambassadors, comes from here. So if you look down to verse 20, you'll see there, Paul describes himself and he says, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. So Paul's conscious, he's sent by Jesus to represent Jesus in the world and to the Corinthians to bring them God's message. But, and this is where we get to here, Paul wasn't the only preacher in town. After he'd come to Corinth, he told them about Jesus, he'd left, and they were newer, more impressive, more impressive sounding, looking teachers, preachers doing the round, promising maybe miracles every Sunday. Preaching a message which was more in tune with the Corinthian way to look at the world than the way of Paul, which was quite challenging. And in the opinion polls in Corinth, Paul not doing quite so well. The Corinthians, you see, they admired leaders who looked and sounded impressive. Leaders who were untroubled, sort of seemed to glide through life and everything worked for them. But look at chapter 4, verse 16, just before our bit, how Paul describes his life. He has lots of troubles. He's suffering because he's carrying out his ministry for Jesus. Other preachers talk about a victorious Christian life, but Paul says, we do not lose heart. Outwardly, we are wasting away. Yet inwardly, we're being renewed. And I think that's hugely relevant for us as Christians in London, Because as we live our lives, as we represent Jesus, as we're ambassadors, you know, the opinion polls in London, I don't think they rate Christianity that highly, do they? They don't think, oh, wow, you're a Christian, tell me more. That's not the first reaction I usually get. Christianity's got some competition, and yet it's God's truth about God's Son coming to save us all. So Paul shares, as he shares what kept him going as an ambassador, what kept him going without losing heart, following Jesus, serving Jesus, I think it'll help us as well. What's going to keep us going as ambassadors, not just being Christians, but representing Jesus um, in, uh, in our lives, in whatever uh, workplace or whatever part of the community uh, we're, we're in, whatever activities we get into in the week. And we'll hear more in coming weeks. We get a sort of cross-section of the church Uh, sharing what sort of things we do get up to. The main thing uh, that's here this morning is to know that we're going home, which is why we started where we did. That's the main truth here. You and I, as we follow Jesus, we're going home. So let's look again at verse 1. Paul uses the picture of a tent versus a solid building, an eternal house. And I don't know whether you've got fans of camping here. Any, Any fans of camping? It's, it's all right, you know, it's, you know, get fresh air, we've got some definite, we've got some, we've got some non-fans of camping here, um, um, but um, it's, 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 it's great, you know, get a nice, nice tent and, you know, make sure it's all waterproofed and all set up right, you've set it up in a nice place, great, but it's obviously better to live in a house, isn't it, long term, 
something, well, especially the house described in here, at the beginning of this chapter in verse 1, a house that's an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Oh, well, that sounds good. You see, our bodies, where we live now, uh, are like a tent, is what Paul's saying. Which doesn't mean uh, that we undervalue our bodies, that it's great to have these tents to live in. Um, we, we might well um, do some waterproofing. Um, to kind of, we might do some sort of tightening the guy ropes or some uh, mending the broken tent poles um, to keep the tent, you know, working as well as we can. But the point is, it's only for a season. It's not going to last forever. And every time you're at a funeral, it's a reminder of that. Paul doesn't say that. I don't say that to depress anybody. He says that. Because there's a big contrast. Because for everyone who trusts in Jesus, Jesus says he's going ahead to prepare a place, a house, a home forever once the tent's worn out. And as we follow Jesus, we're going home. Some people in this part of London live in pretty fabulous flats, pretty huge houses. But all of them are, are temporary I was talking to um, Sue and E.T. who live two doors away from each other and Sue lives in the house that E.T. was born in. I got a bit muddled on that. but um, So these ladies, they've lived here not quite forever but for most of their lives. And yeah, even if, they live there, even if we live in the same house the whole of our lives, well, it's, it's only the whole of our lives now. It's not eternity when we, we go on. And, and it's... It's the contrast, isn't it? These earthly bodies, they're, they're where we live. They're our tent for our lifetime. And if we're fit and healthy, or we can remember when we were fit and healthy, we think, yeah, great, yeah, it's a good tent. Perhaps you're good-looking and intelligent too, into the bargain. Well, fantastic, but it's temporary. And the tent starts to creak a bit and leak a bit and all the rest of it. Doesn't a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built with human hands, sound good to you? It certainly does to me. And it's not just a house, it's a home. Look at verse 8. We're confident, I say, and we prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. That's what the Christian worldview is. We look forward to being with God forever in that permanent place. We also look forward to being with people we love, who've, who've gone there ahead of us, who are already with the Lord. But most of all, it is looking forward to being with him. That's, that's the longing, the yearning in our souls. It's built in that we know that there's more and we will only fully be satisfied when we see God face to face. And that's what's coming. So we live looking forward to it. If you had, in a month's time, an amazing holiday planned... You'd probably be talking about it, you'd be looking forward to it, you'd be on a wet Wednesday, you think, oh, well, never mind, I've got an amazing holiday coming up. If you're heading back to Barbados to see family, or to uh, Uganda, or to wherever it is you have family, Nigeria, it keeps you going through a cold British winter to think, oh, great, well, it's, it's fine, I'll put up with it, because we're, we're going... If you know you're going to be with God forever and you're misunderstood as a Christian, people just don't get you, or you're put under pressure in some way for being a Christian, well, okay, I mean, it's not great, but 
we are part of God's story and we're going to be with him forever so we, we can get through it. We know we're going home. And, and wonderfully, we know we're going home to be with God when we die. Actually, we're going to that place of safety, security, where we can be ourselves, where we're loved for who we are, a place of peace and joy, God's place where he's there. That's the security. That's the hope and certainty we have. And it means if we know we're going home and we're just passing through the world, if I don't have as much money as the next person, if I don't have a swankier car, well, it's not a big deal. If I'm not as popular because I'm a Christian and people don't quite get me, um, or because I don't gossip with everybody else or get drunk with everybody else, or because I don't kind of do this sort of super extra overtime that I don't get promoted, well, because I'm serving church, I'm serving people in the community, as Boko's given this example of the things that he gets involved in, because I know that there's more to life. Well, yeah, I know there's more to life. I mean, these, it's, the, it's, it's the whole picture that matters, not just the thing that you, the, your boss say that matters. Two specifics then that will meet in our lives, where, we, where we're living with this mindset of knowing we're going home. Uh, verse 6 says we'll be always confident. And that's mentioned again in uh, verse 8, that word confidence. Um, and then verse 9, um, it says, it talks about making our goal to please the Lord. And I'm going to remember that as committed or commitment. So confident and commitment. Com- committed. Confident and committed. Confidence and commitment. Yeah, those are the two C's that are going to help me hopefully remember in the week what it means to live knowing we're going home. So first of those, confidence. Um, Christians are not saying that, well, maybe, possibly, perhaps, when we meet God, we'll have done enough and we'll just about scrape into heaven to be with him. We're saying, because it doesn't depend on us, it depends on Jesus. Verse 15, we'll look at that next week, talks about the fact that he died for us, for our sins. Because it all depends on him. We can have a humble confidence. Because he's done it for us. He's done it all for us. We know that we're accepted through him. And that's what verse 7 means. We live therefore by, by faith and not by sight. We haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen God face to face. I will do one day. We all will do one day. Uh, but we know it's coming. And we know that this promise of home, that's coming because, because God has promised it. And also, verse 5, because of the gift of the Holy Spirit. God's Holy Spirit, God himself, in us and with us as his people. So if you're selling a, a flat or a house, um, I've done it once uh, when I moved from Cambridge coming down to here. Uh, if you're doing that sale process you will have lots of people looking around. So you, you, know, you get the call from the estate agent, I've got so-and-so at, so, at two o'clock, and I've got so-and-so at four o'clock, and, and you tidy up the house. And, and if you're there when they come round, I found that they, you know, they, they come round with the estate agent, and they're kind of being nosy, and they're asking questions, and they're all trying to sort of set, not to sound too enthusiastic, because they're going to try and drive the price down. Um, but, and it's a sort of slightly stressful process, but then, 
you get to the point where the estate agent calls and says, well, there's so-and-so that's uh, made an offer. And you think, okay, great. And then you get to the point where the call comes and not only have they made an offer, but they've, they've signed the contract and they've, they've put a deposit down. And you think, oh, right, okay, they've put some money into it. This might happen now. And that's just such a relief when it does come. It's a guarantee of what will come. And in verse 5, that's the picture of the Holy Spirit. He's the guarantee that all this stuff about eternal homes with God is, is real and true for everyone who puts their faith in Jesus. That he's, he's God with us now, not, not yet face to face, but God with us now so that we taste, we, we get a sense of, of, of our spirit lifted by the Holy Spirit and oh, how wonderful it will be to be with God face to face. He's the guarantee that gives us confidence. And we need that. We need that for a number of reasons. But the reason Paul describes in verse 2 and verse 4, I don't know what you noticed at the beginning of the passage, it's very realistic about the, the struggles of this life. There's the word groaning there is a couple of times. It talks about burdens to carry. That's normal life. There's a longing to be free from the suffering of life. There's a longing to be with God. And yet as we go through that, we can be confident and we should be confident that we can face it step by step because God is with us by his spirit and we're going home to be with him. It means we're confident when Christians die. Um, uh, we've been praying for uh, Roger Bowman, uh, Caroline having recently passed. But um, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago when, uh, when they were saying goodbye, they didn't say goodbye, they'll say see you later because they're looking forward to the reunion when they're both at home with Jesus. Caroline's there already. Roger's looking forward one day to being with her and being with Jesus forever. We can also be confident about how Jesus will respond if someone at, at our work, in our family or in our gym or school or club or wherever we are, if, if one of those uh, people we're talking to and we share something about Jesus, if, if they say, well, you know, how will, how will he respond if, if, I, if I put my faith in him? Well, we know, don't we? Jesus said, whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. We can be confident as we speak to other people. It's God. God's grace. He wants everyone to turn and to come to Jesus, uh, whoever and wherever they are. So confidence, a humble confidence, but a real confidence. And also we'll be committed. Uh, verse 9 talks about we make it our goal to please him. That's what Paul says. That's what it is to be an ambassador. If you're representing a country somewhere else in the world, well, you have to, you're not a free agent. You want to represent the country you come from well. You want to sort of please the people who've sent you. But actually, it's not just sort of doing a job well pleasing Jesus. It's the language of a good relationship, isn't it? It's, um, it's a good husband will want to please his wife. He's uh, shopping for a bottle of wine on a, on a, for a meal on a Saturday night. And he sees the red that he really likes. And he sees the white that she really likes. And he quite likes too. And so if he's living to please his wife, to be a good husband, he's going to buy the white, isn't he? 
and they can enjoy it together. Or maybe she hates it if uh, he goes out and hasn't done the washing up, leaving leaving it for later on because she likes to come home uh, to find a clean kitchen. So he builds into his life, leaving time to make sure he can do the washing up before going out. I'm just describing there as a singleton. I don't know from experience, but I see it in my parents and I see it in other good relationships that I see around me where people are, you live to please the other person. You live, you, you avoid the things that you know they don't like. You adapt your life to um, kind of fit in together. So too, as we relate to Jesus Christ, as we live for him, we live to please him. He loves us. He's the one we're looking forward to spending eternity with, to seeing at the end of it all. You get that sense of longing and yearning and looking forward to in this passage. And we're going to be with him forever. This is verse 9. We we make it our goal to please him, whether at home in the body or away from it. We're going to be away from it, with him forever. We'll be pleasing him then. So let's get into it now. Let's invest in that relationship now. That's the logic here. There's also, and we'll think more about this next week, the language of accountability in verses 9 and 10, when it talks about uh, Jesus not only as the Saviour who loves us, but as the Lord who will judge us. Uh, We'll all have to stand before him and give an account for our lives, the good and the bad. Uh, The opinion pollsters around us in London, we don't have to give an account to them. Ultimately, it's the opinion of Jesus that matters. Now, Paul doesn't say that to to worry us or terrify us. Jesus is the saviour. But he does say that to sober us. To help us to realise that everything you do, good and bad, is going to be judged by Jesus. Everything you do and say and think matters. Everything I do and say and think matters. Wherever I am, the small things, the thing that the boss doesn't notice, the thing that the husband, the wife doesn't notice, it all matters. We represent Jesus as ambassadors. And when we grasp that, we will be committed to living our lives for him. So the key is to know that there's more to come. I think the principle here is verse 7. It's about living by faith and not by sight. And when we grasp that, it means that we'll live confident and committed lives because we know we're going home to be with him.